Welcome to the Atlanta Foodcast by Georgia Organics. I'm Mary Elizabeth, Georgia Organics Communications Director. On this week's episode, host Candace Dantes is speaking with farmer Sed Rowe of Rowe Organics in the Albany area. After that is my conversation with Atlanta-based John and Randy Altador of The Better Buggy. Stay tuned, and I hope you enjoy this week's episode. First up, Candace Dantes officially joins the Atlanta Foodcast team with her first hosted segment today, talking to Sed Rowe, farmer and owner of Rowe Organics in Southwest Georgia. I'll let Candace take it from here, but I know y'all are going to enjoy this great conversation. Well, welcome to the Atlanta Foodcast by Georgia Organics. I'm at journalist Candace Dantes, and I'm so fortunate to host a series about my fellow Black farmers currently impacting America's Black Belt region. And I'm talking about those who are trailblazing new approaches to sustaining our Black history, culture, land, and agribusinesses in the 21st century. Now, for my very first episode of 2021, I'm by South Georgia farmer, Cedric Rowe. Ced, as he's called, became the state's first Black organic producer to gain a hemp license and grow the controversial crop in the Coastal Plains area. His story as a young Black farmer navigating systemic racism actually started with USDA grant project Black Farmers Network which launched his name and farming contributions into national and regional headlines. He's been featured in the New York Times to Georgia Farm Bureau's TV program, Farm Monitor. His agricultural journey as a first-generation farmer, y'all, is just simply remarkable. And he's with me today. Said, thanks for joining the Foodcast. Uh, thank you for having me. Absolutely. So let's jump to it. Who is Cedric Rowe? In a nutshell, how did you end up as the poster child for hemp in Georgia? Because you're really, you know, a, a fresh face for black farming here in the South. Um, I basically grew up around farming. I grew up in a small country town where farming was all there was. But I really started pursuing my career in farming when I was in college working at um, Fort Valley State University on the organic field, uh, working with Dr. James Brown at the time. And at that time, I seen it was an opportunity to start doing something a lot of people wasn't doing. And organic, organic was the word at the time, and a lot of people wasn't, you know, thinking organic farming as much as they do now. Gotcha. So... You know, when I met you, though, it was three years ago, and it was through USDA's Black Farmers Network, and as the project manager and research writer for the grant, I broke a few stories about you, and we created a buzz and got some national attention along the way. I just wanted to briefly rattle off a few fun facts about you, because your story is amazing. So at one point, you were one of only three certified organic peanut farmers in the state. Then you became the first African-American organic hemp farmer in South Georgia. Um, you're a member of Georgia Organics here with us, and you've even taken a lead on becoming the first president for the South Georgia chapter of the National Young Farmers Coalition. Why was it important for you to commit to going organic and then joining these particular organizations as part of your farming journey? 
place. Um, in order to survive in the um, organic, or well, basically farming, you have to be doing something a lot of people are not really doing in a, in a different way. So organic was that way for me to separate myself from all of the other thousands of farmers in the state of Georgia. Um, working with Georgia Organic, seeing that it was only under 200 organic certified organic farmers in the state of Georgia, I told myself uh, that was an opportunity. Not only that, but if it's only 200, I know half of them are not black farmers. So that right there, I knew I was jumping into something that a lot of my people wasn't doing already. Um, and also it was organic when I was young doing it at the same time. So, you know, growing organic stuff, I started out by growing organic peanuts, as you said, and um, that opened up that door for the market for me. Georgia has didn't have a market for organic peanuts at the time. Mm-hmm. So it gave me that, that spotlight to be able to put myself on the map and also the state of Georgia for doing something that a lot hasn't been done in the state before. Gotcha. So, you know, since you're also a member of uh, Black Farmers Network, uh, we've helped tell your story and help build your brand and market as a small business. And your small business is called Roe Organic Farms, LLC. Can you talk about the importance of marketing and branding an agribusiness right quick? And, you know, a major part to the publicity you've received is how we've rolled out your brand story. Why was this a game changer for you? Um, Black Farmer Network helped put myself out there when it comes to stuff advertising. Mm-hmm. Um, they helped me be able to control the image of myself, my company, my brand. I was be able to control what the listeners or viewers wanted to, you know, see or hear. Mm-hmm. And that taught me a lot. Also, when it comes to like being prepared, going places, having your business cards. You know, a lot of people don't have business cards, so that was something big that I, you know, that helped me stand out when I went places. People shocked when they said, "Well, how can I reach out to you?" And I had a business card, so that made people seem like I was on more of a professional scale, which I was. And um, you know, just I never knew the importance of that that business toolkit until mm-hmm. I got connected with Black Farmers Network. Um, a lot of people help you, but the, uh, this organization focuses on actually getting the story out there for viewers to understand, not just understand, but be attached to that farm and what they have going on. So um, that was very important when it came to the business toolkit. And I was, you know, ever since then, I'm able to connect with people on a professional way. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it, it separates your personal lifestyle from the business lifestyle so people can, you know, treat, contact you as you are, you know, as a business rather than calling you just randomly. You know, everything is set up an email and the website. So that was very important. Yeah, and your website is beautiful. And so to add to that, Black Farmers Network was also able to design some other marketing materials for you at the top of this year. You recently had a social distancing community and educational course about him in your hometown of Albany. So just a little background. 
and correct me if I'm wrong, but USDA Southern SARE provided financial support to farmers who applied to it, its leadership program. And this was so farmers could host local training about an ag topic of their choice. And of course, uh, you chose him. You wanted to share with other interested farmers how to grow the crop um, in such humid conditions. You, you actually um, were able to sell out the course in 48 hours, which was cool. What was that experience like for you uh, to see that marketing in action and really working on your behalf? Oh yeah, that was a, um, a very shocking once it was put up on the website for people to register. Um, it, like I say, it filled up within 48 hours. I started out with 30 people, but then I raised the number to 50 just to kind of see if, you know, I didn't want people to miss the opportunity to, you know, learn from that course. Right. And that really just opened my eyes up. Like, this is what I've been needing all, all along. The Instagram, the website, all connect each other to put, you know, connect. I mean, to basically, you know, give my viewers and listeners what they wanted to hear. They was able to watch me on Instagram and also be able to go back to refer back to my website for any knowledge, anything they want to know on. Um, that particular event that that I put together was something I knew people wanted people kept talking about mm -hmm. it you hear it all the time so i was just like hey let's just bring everyone to the table any questions you know they needed to know or wanted to you know need any questions needed to be answered or you know any uncertainty then for me to have actually a processor and also farmers that grew hemp that year mm -hmm. all in the same room in the area that was a bit plus too so um platform and network lit helped me get that out there and you know get the right people and i had about 35 people show up to the actual event that day That's so awesome and so i mean the ones that were not able to attend are you do you plan to have like follow-up courses in the future um yes i plan on doing uh, follow-up courses more um different so more like a a live update of uh, what farmers should be doing mm -hmm. at the time and during the time. So, you know, it can eliminate a lot of uh, when do I do this or how do I do this or is it the right time to do this? So I basically be, you know, that it will, it will make it easier. So farmers can basically just go to a website, look for an update, watch the video, any question they may have, they can leave in the comments or respond or whatever. And, you know, it's, it's like an open conversation with people. So it'll be like a series of uh, do-it-yourself videos. Yeah do, it, awesome. yeah, do it yourself. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And so we both know that folks have read your story across the country and they've either started farming or they're contributing to your mission. And and that's what we really want them to do. We really want them to get into agriculture, right? Oh yeah, um, we mm -hmm. want Absolutely, so, you know, but the thing I, I really wanna stress is that being a farmer, especially a black farmer, isn't easy. Um, unless you already have access to the land, capital, and other resources, it's pretty much an uphill battle. And none of these were options for you, not 
really options for the average black farmer here in the black belt, you really had to start from scratch. So with that, what advice would you give other young black entrepreneurs wanting to enter this industry? I mean, like, can you give me a few like realistic goals they need to consider before they fully commit to this lifestyle? Um, if they want to fully commit, they need to have a plan in order. Um, a plan is very important. And within that plan, they need to know first what they want, what, what is it they want to grow. Mm -hmm. um, you need to know what you want to grow, know the market at the time, and see if it's any ups or downs or you know, anything that you need to know about that particular crop at the time. Next is, um, I mean, you can't do nothing without this, and that's land access. Mm -hmm. um, having like, uh, having that access to land, either owning it or leasing it or renting it, whichever your preference. Um, I encourage people to look more into heirs land, inheritance land, mm -hmm. land that is in their name or their family name that they can maintain and monitor and keep um you know keep within the family that's mm -hmm. an easy way to go when it comes to farming yeah um because like i say having that land access is kind of hard nowadays with all what's going on and nextly i would say after you have that land access you want to you know, reach out to some organizations in your area, mm -hmm. get connected with the organizations. Um, they they will help you with the, a lot of the game planning on when it comes to what that what are you growing in that area, you know, what works best. Also, they're able to connect you with other farmers that's, you know, doing what you're doing or trying to. Um, reach out to, for government assistance, USDA. Um, mm -hmm. The agencies they have that provide farmers the te technical assistance that they need would be NRCS or FSA. Um, those are, you know, two of the main organizations, you know, federal agencies that assist farmers mm -hmm. when it comes to wanting to farm or starting a farm. And next, I would say, you know, knowing the, you know, knowing that branding and advertisement is very important mm -hmm. um putting the name with a with a, a, a logo or a brand is very important you want people to be able to see that brand and know who that person is or where it comes from right so um as you're doing it like I say platform and network helps people tell their story as they're growing so right. when people right. see the story of a product you know it gives you an upper hand uh, lastly, I would say, you know, know that you're going to um, face some challenges. And if you're not willing to take a loss, not say willing, or you're not used to, farming is a risk itself. Mm -hmm. So never invest in nothing that you wouldn't want to lose. So if I wouldn't never invest in too much into something that I know, you know, I don't want to lose that much. So always invest in something that you know you can maintain if it was to take a loss right because like i say farming is a risk period and it took me a while to get where i'm at now and and i'm still learning and going through some challenges myself so just knowing knowing the market knowing what you want to grow and branding is very important yes 
I, I mean, I, I really appreciate that advice. I want our listeners to understand it because, uh, you know, farming is much harder than, than people think. And you, as a farmer, I know said, you really have to wrap your mind around devoting that time outside of that nine to five. And a lot of times you're out in the elements, um, dealing with conditions on the land uh, that we don't think of. And so it's a lot of physical hard work. Um, so, you know, well, look, you're, you're the go-to organic guru right now. What's next for you? And how can our listeners get and stay in touch? Um, what's next for me? Uh, currently, I took on a new position with um, USDA, working mm -hmm. with um, NRCS, Natural Resource Soil Conservationist. I'm a um, soil conservationist that's working out of three counties that I work out of and I deal with it as Early County, Calhoun County, and Miller County. Mm -hmm. And I recently took on that position because they help farmers with technical assistance, as I said, and it basically, you know, I, I love to help out people and educate people. And I felt like with me working with an agency like that, it can give me more knowledge and actually you know more knowledge on what's going on when it comes to opportunities for farmers to take advantage of and also give people more of a source a source of a, a hope when they can see someone like me working in an agency like that now mm -hmm. they can be able to trust um a lot of older farmers didn't trust the usda back in the day because mm -hmm. how they treated them and um for someone like me to take on a, a role or position like that, it, it shows that change is being, you know, made and happening. Oh, so I hope right. when people see that, you know, hey, it's a young fella that's working with them now, you know. Now now farmers can stick their nose into what NRCS has to offer. Maybe that could be that change that we needed, you know. Not, you know, it's it's a lot of, a lot of people just don't have that, knowledge or that understanding on there's actually assistance out there that can help you get started or maintain your farming operation that's right and and with that any new updates developments with row organic farms i know you're busy with usda um anything in store with that in 2021 um uh, 2021 i'm working on a lot of, of products that i grow from the that i grow myself um, working on my own byproducts. Part of what separates me from a lot is um, I control my product all the way to the fi the final product. So mm -hmm. for people that grow corn, I just don't grow corn and just take it to the mill and that's it. I will, you know, things that I grow, for instance, like the hemp, I grew hemp. Now I'm turning into hemp oil mm -hmm. where I'm working with a pharmaceutical company to have my own hemp pure hemp CBD oil. And so now I'm taking everything I grow and controlling the market all the way to the final byproduct. So you'll see a lot of my byproducts now. Um, like we had the peanut butter out the mm -hmm. last year and a half. Now the hemp oil is coming out. Um, so next thing for me is, you know, that, that market outside of farm, outside of the, beginning stage of the farming so now i'm into the um byproduct stage of farming 
That's awesome. And and again, can you uh, tell us where we can reach you on social and your site? Uh, my Instagram is at Row Organic Farm. And and also my website is www.roworganicfarm.com. And both Instagram and the website, I update um, majority of the time. And people can follow me on Instagram for day-to-day stuff that I'm doing in the field at the time. I post, you know, anytime I'm in the field, planting a crop, doing a crop, you know, I, I give viewers that chance to see me doing that in action. And my website is more of a um, a good resource where people can lean on when it comes to learning or, you know, which route they should take. So those two are out there for people to be able to reach out to me. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. And so, listen, this first episode was everything. Hashtag epic interview. You know, um, I always enjoy talking and collaborating with you said, so never stop sharing your narrative here in the Black Belt region and beyond because you know, if you won't, I definitely will. <laughs> so um, talk with you soon. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I, will pray, I, will pray. I appreciate your time so much. Bye. Next up, I'm talking to John and Randy Altador, founders and co-owners of The Better Buggy. The Better Buggy was established in May 2020 as a grocery delivery service serving Metro Atlantans with food from Black-owned farms and grocery stores throughout the Atlanta area and beyond. We spoke about their starting a business during the pandemic, navigating the logistics and relationships of a food business, as well as why it's so important to them to be a sales platform for Black farmers in Georgia. Welcome to this next segment of the Atlanta Foodcast. I'm excited to be joined today by John and Randy Altador, who are the founders and co-owners of The Better Buggy. Hey, y'all. Hey, what's going on? Busy, busy morning. I know we had some inclement weather here in Atlanta, so we're all a bit kind of frantic and settling back in. (laughs) A really lack of inclement weather, but it's Atlanta, so we panic. Well, y'all, I'm, I've, I've been kind of following the progress of the Better Buggy and y'all be, y'all founding and growing over this past year. So I'm so excited to, to catch up with y'all about kind of what you've learned and, and how you're supporting farmers and the community. So give us an introduction of, of yourself and your background and, and also just a brief overview of the Better Buggy for folks who might not be aware. Yeah, for sure. So we are the Better Buggy. So I'm Randy Altador and I'm here with my hubby, Jonathan. Um, And so just to kind of dive straight into it, I'm an educator. I've been, you know, a middle school teacher for some years. And so, you know, my husband, he's also involved in education um, too. I'm a school counselor. I'm going on my fourth year on my high school level. So yeah, so we've both been in education for a little bit. I know, busy, right, with the kids. But we, um, you know, just to kind of jump straight into it and say how, you know, what is the Better Buggy and even how it came into existence. So if you remember, you know, earlier in 2020, um, we were sent home abruptly, you know, in the education. We were just like, all right, you know, pack your stuff up. We have no idea when schools are going to reopen. So we were home in the summertime. At this point, it had been some months. um, And we were just like, you know what? we still want to be able to provide access, you know, to these black owned farms, you know, at the time, you don't know, farmers markets, things are just crazy, right? Like, we, we have no idea what's happening 
um, with the pandemic. So we were quarantined and we were just like, if we're having this problem, there are probably a million other people that want to still support these farmers. And so it's our job to create, you know, a point of access. And so we launched the Better Buggy mid-June um, and we started very small scale. At this point, we had like a couple hundred followers on Instagram, but we're like, so what? You know what I mean? Like, we're still going to provide this access one way or the other. And before you knew it, we just kept growing and growing. And at this point, we're like, you know, providing veggies and, and stuff all over. So, yeah. Wow. That's really great. I mean, I just to launch something, you know, in the midst of the pandemic, you know, I want to talk about how you know, we talked a little bit briefly before this about how much of that was a response to the pandemic, but also will serve an ongoing need too of folks to connect and have an easy way to connect with farms if, you know, especially right now, maybe they're they're not in a place in their health where they can go to a farmer's market or or even be near to a farmer's market. So talk a little bit about the the access goals that y'all have with Better Buggy. Yeah, so um, honestly, there are quite a few customers that we have that reach out and say like, you know what, I don't feel comfortable physically leaving my home, mm -hmm. you know, obviously still ongoing pandemic, a lot of yeah. unknowns. And so they're like, you know, this is what I want to be able to have organic goods from a farm. So, you know, it's all for us, it's about providing access, you know, so we're able, thankfully, to serve, you know, outside of just even the greater Atlanta area. So we're, you know, our radius is pretty far as far as like the 35 miles. And so what we do is literally have our drivers like, okay, you live a little bit further out, but you still want to support. Here we are. We are, you know, yeah. here to provide that access and literally from the farm to the door. So that's so yeah. great. That's and the good so thing great. too, um, so even if they're outside that radius, we still offer shipping. So yeah. if someone lives in Georgia, but they may be in like LaGrange or something like that, we could still give them that product, but it'll just be shipped out to them if they're outside that radius. So yeah, yeah, that's amazing. So talk about kind of, you know, y'all run an inherently logistical operation. So how has that been kind of getting off the ground and, and yeah, sourcing those drivers and kind of planning for things and specifically for folks who might be interested in, in creating a food model like y'all have, what does that look like for y'all? um it's a lot of work I mean, we're, <laughs> yeah I'm sure. we're still working through it too so i mean you know yes. we've, we've gotten the basis but we're still trying to you know expand and and scale it to, to something bigger but um we're just we, we're pretty much the way we source it is so if, if it is something local of course our driver will go to the farm and get that produce and product and deliver to the customer from the time and date that they select so on our website when a customer does place an order they, they're able to choose a time and date that they want that produce. So mm -hmm. if a customer goes on there today, they may want it next next Tuesday, and they'll choose next Tuesday and they'll pick a time and date and our driver will get to them at that time and date. Um, mm -hmm. And as far as the shipping goes, similar, but with shipping, of course, it, it takes a couple more days to process and get that product out because yeah. we do have to pack it and, and make sure it's it's insulated and, and it has mm -hmm. all that FDA approved um materials inside the um the box but same process and we do two-day shipping across the um, country so it doesn't matter yeah. if you stay in north carolina nevada portland oregon <laughs> yes. new york wow, yeah. in two days so yeah. wow you heard it here first to the nation better yeah. you to the nation <laughs> that's great well i want to talk about what you've you know obviously we're here, you know, George Organics. Let's talk about the farmers that you work with and kind of what you've observed of working with them and 
you know, one thing I know we were speaking of a little earlier is this model really is such a strong, resilient model for farmers to be able to rely on and customers to be able to rely on. But, you know, you were, you were talking about some of the conversations among the farmers that are a part of your network. So yeah, I'd love to know more about that. Yeah. So, you know, one of the farms that we've been partnering with since we were very earlier on is Gratitude Botanical Farm. Mm. And so they're located in Atlanta and, you know, they're, you know, amazing and still teaching us. We don't have a farming background, right? <laughs> like there's so much education in that. And so they yeah. do, you know, obviously have communication with other local farms, you know, in Atlanta. And so just, I guess, a level of collectivism between each other and just, you know, sharing ideas and bumping off of each other and networking, like that's, that's really what it's about community. And so that's, I know we spoke about it earlier, just being able to, you know, create a sense of community within the better buggy. Like, you know, there are certain things that we don't know that they do and they can benefit from each other. And, you know, that's what we're here for. That's amazing. Yeah. We've certainly found that to be the case is that having that, um, you know, kind of middle position to just provide the platform and the logistics for the farmers takes a lot off them because they they have to do that often for their own business anyway. But if they can also have another avenue of sale where so, so much of that is already taken off their shoulders, it's huge. Yeah, I mean, I could, you couldn't have said it better because when you think about it like this, they're already out there growing, right? They have to yeah. worry about the harvesting, the, yeah. you know, everything that physically goes into being a grower and a farmer. And so for us, it's like, we, we enjoy the marketing part of it. We're like, okay, social media, let's do it. And they're capable, obviously, very much yeah. so on their own. Absolutely. But like, you know, we're like, okay, let's just partner. And, you know, we kind of enjoy that part of it, the marketing and the the, the point of sales in terms of like pro- providing access, again, like allowing customers to be even more aware. Um, yeah. And so that's something that's super, you know, beneficial and, and great for everyone to, again, have that community and be able to be aware of the Black farmers that are here. Yeah, so. yeah, absolutely. I know it's it's really just been incredible in the in some of the conversations I've had both here and just through Georgia Organics, like the strength of the collective is real. Like it is real. I mean, <laughs> I would real. argue in any system, but particularly in the food system, you know, and the local food system absolutely relies on it. So mm-hmm. Yep. And so we're excited about it yep. and, and glad to be in the space, right? You know, yeah. so, and to be able to, you know, have any influence and empowerment amongst the Black farmers that are here in Atlanta. Yeah, I'd love to talk more about the, the representation piece and what that means to y'all. This is a space that, that, you know, needs not only the food access part of it, but, but like you were saying earlier, the representation. Yeah, I mean, obviously we know historically Um, you know, Black farmers being marginalized. And so, you know, obviously being able to provide access and make people aware of them, you know, obviously they're doing their thing on their own, right? Let's say that, put that out there. But even just have like another company such as us, The Better Buggy, that's out there to highlight the great work that's being done. They're growing organically. They're, you know, harvesting and being like, they are creating the product that people want access to. So that's beauty Mm -hmm. in that. And so, you know, we want to be here to highlight the work that, you know, is being done and basically give, you know, a larger stage and share a platform in any way that we can. Um, And that really matters the most to us because we know historically, 
um, you know, the history behind Black farmers, um, you know, here in America. So that's what we're here for. Yeah, I think it's incredible. I mean, especially in Georgia, you know, again, where so much of our history has, has not helped the Black farmer, yet they are the, you know, ultimate creators of community and food in Atlanta. So having y'all as a platform is, is amazing. And how much of that is, is inherent to your mission? You know, this, this element. I feel like that's what we're based around, right? Yeah. Like the, yeah. the concept of being better because we're providing access to the organic goods, but being better because we're here to highlight and, you know, give that stage, you know, whatever stage yeah. we've been able to create these months and, yeah, that's what, you know, we're here for. And I would say something else that's kind of beautiful in that is we do have some of, you know, farmers that are seasoned that have been here in Atlanta for many, many years, right? 25 yeah. plus years in Atlanta, all the way down to some that have been farming for a few years. So just yeah. hearing the history and knowing what opportunities are, you know, now coming into fruition is beautiful. Wow. And you mentioned a little bit earlier, um, or maybe before when we were talking, you know, those farmers interacting with each other kind of through the Better Buggy as a platform. What has that been like? Because I always love to hear when, you know, individuals or, or businesses are fostering that level of connection. Yeah, I mean, I know that, you know, for example, if you are aware with Atlanta Garden Queen, she's pretty popular in Atlanta. Yes. <laughs> hey, Lee. <laughs> Right, Miss Haley. Everybody <laughs> loves Miss Aileen. Um, if you ever get the treat of Haley Green story time, like yeah. she has the best stories. She's yeah. so great. Miss <laughs> <Not> Aileen. <laughs> she's a to anybody, right? Like, yes. so yeah. obviously, you know, she's very much so connected with many farmers in Atlanta. So you have people that have been farming for less amount of years, like Gratitude Botanical Farm. They've yeah. connected, obviously. They're, you know, close in her wisdom, again, Ms. Haley, oh in her yeah. knowledge and just, you know, having everyone know each other. Atlanta's kind of small when you start to yeah. get into the farming world. So yeah, them just Ugh, bouncing yeah. off of each other and just, you see them at, you know, community mm -hmm. events or, you know, whether that's different farmers, just networking and, actually physically go into each other's farm to help in a lot of cases. Oh, so. yeah. That's great. That's great. Well, talk about um, sort of finding your customer and what it's been like, you know, developing those relationships and growing the Better Buggies community. It's, it's crazy to think that y'all are still just under a year, like starting. I mean, it, you've got such a, from, from someone, you know, kind of from the outside looking at your social media, like you seem to have an engaged community and, and, a, and a good customer base. So talk about that. Yeah, um, I think, you know, what, what helped us early on was, you know, these platforms picking us up to really share our story because it was so mm -hmm. impactful. So like with the Fox Fives and, and these other platforms, that's, that's kind of helped us grow that customer base. But now it's, it's a matter of, we have returning customers who are now telling people that they know, friends and family about us, and they're able to buy into what, what we're doing as well. So I think now it's just more so of, a, okay, well, this is great. So now let me tell so-and-so this is great mm -hmm. too, so that they can be a part of what we're doing as well. And yeah. that's what's helping us keep to, to um, keep growing. Even without larger platforms, yeah. we're still <laughs> able to grow off of just our customer base now because they've been so um, supportive over the time. It, yeah. And just to be honest, like when we launched, it was like, okay, so my mom is probably going to order. And your mom is like, <laughs> my mom better yeah. order. <laughs> like, okay, every week to help us out. Like we're trying, we have a mission here. We need, you know, the support. And so 
it's crazy just to see it grow from like, okay, family, close, you know, siblings to like, all right, someone that's in like Oregon wants to support these farms in Atlanta. It's just like mind blowing. And so I guess, you know, piggybacking off of, you know, what John said, like, it's honestly just word of mouth, right? Mm -hmm. Like at this point. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and that is the ultimate way to grow, right? Like, I mean, my background is in marketing and, and, you know, working with press and those things are excellent and necessary, but I mean, if you want to talk about quote unquote organic growth, like sustainable growth, it's that it's word of mouth, it's testimonies. So that's exciting. That's to what hear. We want those, you know, organic customers that are coming through word of mouth by experiencing what we're here to offer. So yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, what advice would you give to, and maybe it's just other kind of business owners in the food space. Like what have you learned? I mean, y'all have, gosh, you started a business and I'm sure it's just been trial by fire because you, you got up in something that's, that's complex again, logistical, but, but you're doing great at it and, and important work. So what, what advice, what have you learned? What would you want to share with other, other folks in the space? Um, I think one of the things is to, you have to be open-minded with the Mm. process because there's so many variables with yeah. with business in general, but with doing something yeah. like this, you have to be open-minded to make mistakes because that's just part of life. So it's going to happen, but it's a matter of, okay, correcting those mistakes and fixing them to make the process more smooth. So even like initially with us, you know, with the driver thing, initially it was just me doing the um, the deliveries at first. And with me doing them, um, you know, I learned, you know, what, what worked and what didn't work so that when we did have drivers, I was able to say, okay, this is, this is yeah. what what, what it has worked for me when I was doing these um deliveries to, to, to make it a smoother transition for them. So then I'm making the same mistakes that I may have made when I was doing them. So I yeah. think just being open-minded and just trusting the process, you know, because it's, mm-hmm. it's a long-term thing. It's not so short-term. So when you think about a business like this, you, you have to think about not just one year, but maybe five, 10 years down the line of what you want to yeah. do and kind of just, you know, take it step by step and by chunks and not just try to do everything all at once because yes. it's so it's because it's new because yeah. with, with a yeah. bit like this, this is something that's, that's going to be here forever. You know, that's, that is the goal. So yeah. we want to make sure that we're doing everything right. You know, as we go along to make sure that it does stay, um, um, so to um, stay yeah. for, um, for a long period of time. And just yeah. kind of piggybacking off of that, like, I think something else that I would say is, it's okay not to have it all figured out before you start. Like if you see that there is something that needs to be done, like there's a problem that could be solved for us. It was like, okay, we want to provide access because we're locked down, quarantined, like what is happening, you know? So it's okay not to have it figured out because again, educators were like at home, quarantine, like, okay, so we're going to launch this delivery service for black owned farms. I don't know where to start, but we're going to start it. And so like, if you don't have it figured out, that's okay. Um, It's constantly putting out fires, but as long as you have the water to put them out and keep it rolling, (laughs) like that's pretty much it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And too, I would assume, cause you've alluded to it, but like, and to ask people like to ask, you know, for help or advice or ask the farmers, like, does this work for you? Does this not? So sounds like y'all are doing a lot of that too. Like, you know, building the relationships by asking the questions. For sure. There's so much knowledge. Like, again, we don't come from farming backgrounds. So we're like, okay, does this make sense to do this? Or, you know, just even figuring out like seasonal things and just Mm -hmm. so much to be learned. And so, yeah, we're asking questions. Yeah. (laughs) 
Well, tell me this, what is, and I don't want to put you on the spot, but what is five years down the road or 10 years down the road? What is the growth of the Better Buggy look like for y'all? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so I will say this. I know that it would obviously be, you know, obviously be a lot more convenient for us to have that app. I know I always speak oh, about yeah. that, just mm-hmm. having, we have a website that can obviously tailor a customer's experience. You're choosing the time and date of delivery, but it's something about having an app that makes it a little bit more seamless. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's something that we would love to have and, you know, customers be able to have that experience. It just makes it yeah. a little bit easier for everyone. So um, that's something that we definitely have down the line, but yeah. And, then, and just to just have the scalability. So right. to, to yeah. do what we're doing, but just on a larger scale of things. So to where we'll, we'll have a big warehouse to where we're, you know, things are happening and we're <laughs> yeah. not to where we're more hands off, you know, and yeah. just kind of just making sure things are running how they should run. I yeah. think, you know, long-term that's what would be ideal to so just have the process of flowing without us being so hands-on into it because it is yeah. so fresh and we're we, we trying to make it work and figure it out. And just, Absolutely. you know, so many more like farming partnerships, mm-hmm. right? So like we want to be able to offer like, endless amount like we want the grocery grocery experience right yeah. the, the the black farmers produce and so you know we're growing and we're forming these partnerships yeah. regularly but you know long term we want to be able to have a larger platform that's even more you know used to black farmers and mm-hmm. in, in whatever way yeah. that'll be you know whether that's you know not just the produce side of selling things however we may be active even more for the black farmers. That's what we, you know, we want to be here for. So. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I definitely want to kind of, as we're starting to wind down, make sure we share kind of how folks can connect with you, whether they're interested shoppers or maybe interested farmers, but any, any final notes, any, anything you'd want to close out with about the better buggy that, that it's important for folks to know. So I would just say, you know, we're here to stay. We're here to, you know, obviously share our platform that's growing and to be able to empower Black farmers and provide access. So the Better Buggy, I'm always saying this, like literally the name came from just being better because we're able to offer organic produce to the customers um, and then better because we're providing access and empowering our Black farmers. And so you know, we'd love to connect. If you are, you know, a Black farmer, definitely reach out. We're here, you know, our email, um, it's available as well, you know, admin at thebetterbuggy.com. Um, and then just, you know, for customers, like shop with us. We're here. Yeah. You know, also, we want to, for you to experience what we, you know, worked so hard for it in the midst of a pandemic to put together. So um, connect in social media. We have Instagram, Facebook, you know, all of those things. And we're pretty good about responding DMs and stuff like that. So we're here. um, They can also um, subscribe to our email list as well through our website. So if you go to our website, there should be a pop-up and they can put their um, email in and they'll be able to get, you know, emails regarding sales or just information about farming. That's great. That's great. Yeah. And I'll definitely share that in the, in the show notes. I believe it's just the betterbuggy.com, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, you know, one, one thing I wanted to ask as as we wrap up is, you know, I'm still so interested that y'all are both educators and that you work within that space and you work with young people and how has that maybe influenced what you're doing here? 
with Better Buggy, or have you had any crossover with your students or things like that about talking about food and farming? Yes. Yeah, so, you know, working in, for us, um, being in Title I schools, well, I've, you know, he, historically, you worked in a, previously yeah. in a Title yeah, I. I've only worked in Title I schools, and so, obviously, there's a food disparity in that, and so, mm -hmm. like, you know, being aware of how important nutrition is right yeah. and so like that definitely influences and, and when we think long term again having partnerships however that may be hopefully eventually like in a school system being able to have oh, cool you know yeah. what I mean that travel over but um it's definitely something that you know has crossed our minds about how scalability you know I know he mentioned that before and translating over into maybe being able to solve you know any issues that we could with as far as food eventually um yeah. but yeah, this is actually my last year in education. So we're trans wow. transitioning for yeah. the better So it's kind of crazy. <laughs> That's awesome. That's growth. That's great. Sure. Well, wonderful. Well, y'all, thank you so much for your time. I'm so excited for what you're doing for, you know, the, the long-term uh, success that y'all are building. So Thank, thank you. you for your time and what you're doing. <laughs> yeah, thank, thank you, you for sharing your platform, right? And yeah. highlighting our story. Yeah. So yeah, thanks for having thank us, so girl. <laughs> Absolutely. That's our show for today. On behalf of George Organics, we hope you enjoyed this episode of the Atlanta Foodcast. Be sure you subscribe and stay tuned because we'll be back in another two weeks. If you want to read more about the Atlanta Foodcast and the guest on our show, visit atlfoodcast.com. To learn more about Georgia Organics and become a member, visit georgiaorganics.org. Thanks for joining us. This is your reminder to eat well and stay local.